Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. <laughs> Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible, with your prayer requests. We're here to pray for you and hopefully answer some of those questions you have about the Bible. If there's something that you have been always wondering about or something you've been reading lately that you're a little confused on, maybe want some help understanding or some clarity in, I'd love to chat with you and hopefully bring some answers to those areas and bring clarity where you've had maybe a little bit of confusion. And I'd love to pray for your prayer requests along with all those who are tuning in right now. We can say yes and amen together and lift those needs up to the Lord. So give me a call. The number is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. You can also text us at 720-336-0897. That's 720-336-0897. I want to welcome those of you who are listening here in Colorado and up into southern Wyoming on Grace FM. Welcome to the program. You're hearing this show live today. Today is March 19th. It is a Friday. There's snow on the ground from the big storm this past weekend, but we also have a great sunshiny day. This is a Typical Colorado spring day and a beautiful day outside. Hope that you're doing well. Those of you listening live here on Grace FM, I also want to welcome those who are listening on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland. Welcome to the program to you as well. We're also syndicated on Truth FM in Tennessee and parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. So to our listeners on Truth FM, welcome to the program. We're so glad that you are with us. So Good to see how God is um, growing this family of, of listening stations who are part of this Calvary Live family. However you're tuning in today, we're so glad that you're with us. We also want to greet those of you who are listening online. We know that there's a growing audience of people who listen online via our mobile app and the website. And if you haven't yet taken advantage of that, I would encourage you to do so. If you haven't yet downloaded the mobile app, it's totally free for you to use. It's got some other features in there as well as the opportunity to listen live uh, to this program, this show, Calvary Live, as well as the other shows on Grace FM. So go to your mobile device, your uh, phone or your tablet, and you can go in the App Store or the Google Play Store. Just type in Grace FM as one word, no spaces, Grace FM. And you pull up that app, put it on your device, totally free, and then you can listen anywhere in the country, anywhere in the world, actually, where you have internet access, and you can also listen on your browser anytime at your computer or even in your device. Just go to gracefm.com and click the button to listen live, and you'll be able to tune into this show as well as any other program on Grace FM. So we encourage you to do that if you haven't yet already. We uh, get a map every week, which is one of the highlights for me. I love seeing the map of where people are tuning in from. I see in the United States today we have... Listeners on the West Coast, looks like in the Bay Area, in Southern California. We've got listeners in the Salt Lake City area representing, looks like Kansas City area. 
Dallas, Texas, down into Louisiana, and a few other places as well. So welcome to those of you who are tuning in over the internet, over the app, and, and in the browser. We also just want to remind you who are listening on Hope FM on the East Coast and Truth FM down in Appalachia, you are hearing the show on a one-week delay. So just keep that in mind. We still want you to call in and be part of the show. Send us your questions and your prayer requests via text or or um, or give us a call. And we will we'll answer your questions here on the show. And then the show will air a week later in your local area on your local station. And that will give you the opportunity. You can actually tell somebody in that local area there. Say, hey, I'm going to be on the radio at on this day at this time. You should tune in and listen, and that might be a way to introduce them to the station where you listen, and who knows what God might do through getting them to start listening to Christian radio. Maybe they'll get it, turn it on in their car, get it on a preset, and who knows how God might use that. We hear great reports all the time of how God uses this station and other Christian radio stations, and so we want to encourage you to invite your friends to tune in, not just to this program, but to all the great Bible teaching that's going on on Truth FM, on Hope FM, and on Grace FM in different parts of the country and online. Looks like we also have some international listeners today. We have a listener in Ukraine. Welcome to you as well. Um, that's great. Glad to have you with us. And um, yeah, just the number to call again, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720 Nine seven. Once again, the text line seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. We're here to talk about your questions about the Bible, things going on in your life that you'd like to get a biblical outlook on or perspective on. If you have things going on in your life that you'd like prayer for, we are here to do that, to pray for you, and to answer those questions. So give us a call. Once again, three zero three six nine zero three thousand, or you can text us seven two zero. Three three six zero eight nine seven. All open lines right now, so it's a great time here at the beginning of the show. Usually is a great time for you to call in. And um, I just got a, a message here asking about Tom Stipe um, today. Yeah, you know, just first of all, I'll tell you a few words about myself. Then I'll tell you how that relates to Tom Stipe uh, and who he is and and what he meant to me and why it's important. Uh, so my name, again, just a few words about myself. My name is Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm your host every Friday here on Calvary Live. And uh, our church, you know, we'd love to have you come worship with us sometime in person or online. We have both in-person and online services every Sunday. We have three in-person services and two online services every Sunday morning. So our in-person services are at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. We have a full children's ministry at the 9.30 service and soon to be opening as well at our 11 o'clock service. And we have uh, our services broadcast online for those of you who aren't within driving distance. But if you are within driving distance and you feel comfortable coming out, bring your mask. We're social distancing, but we are having in-person services. And we're so glad to be doing that. It just feels like uh, so good to gather with the body of Christ, you know, um, even with the distancing in place and the mass and everything, it's so good to worship and study the word with other believers together. And uh, so if you're within driving distance, we'd love to have you. And our address is 2950 Colorful Avenue in Longmont, Colorado. 2950 Colorful Avenue in Longmont. We are right on Highway 119. In fact, you can see us. You can't miss us, actually, if you're driving 
down Highway 119 from I-25 into Longmont. We're right on the north side of the highway, and we have a, a big sign that you can't miss. We're directly opposite of Sandstone Ranch Community Park, where there's a big sports complex there. Um, soccer tournaments and baseball tournaments and that kind of stuff takes place there. There's also a skate park right there. So we're just directly across the street. And we'd love to have you come and worship with us sometime at one of our free services on Sunday mornings. And you can also, again, worship with us online. Check us out if you'd like to. If you're looking for a good podcast, we have been working on revamping our podcast lately. So check out our podcast um, by searching White Fields Community Church. Just remember that White Fields is two words, not one. So White Fields Community Church. And you can also find us online for directions, information, listen to some of our past messages, all that good stuff at whitefieldschurch.com. It's whitefieldschurch.com. And we'd love to have you this coming Sunday. This past, past Sunday, we just finished our study of First and Second Kings. This Sunday, we're doing kind of a follow-up on that, which is called Thriving in Exile, in which we're going to be looking at Daniel and Jeremiah and the attitudes that were necessary for them to be able to survive the exile and do so not just surviving it but actually thriving in the midst of the exile and i think that's really um relevant for the times that we live in you know if you look at first peter peter refers to us as christians who live in the world today as exiles as sojourners people who are passing through we're in this world but we're not of this world this world is not our home and in many ways the world system is oftentimes opposed to us and that was the situation that Daniel was in. But, you know, here, I'm going to tell this story on Sunday. I don't want to ruin the whole thing because I want you guys to tune in and listen. But uh, I'm going to tell this story about how John Elway, right? Do you remember John Elway and the drive? Well, I'm going to talk about how the drive relates to the book of Daniel and how it relates to our lives today. So you got to tune in, okay? Whitefieldschurch.com or just join us in person. 2950 Colorful Avenue in Longmont, Colorado. Um, I can't wait to show you guys this this analogy of John Elway in the drive, the book of Daniel, and the book of Jeremiah, and our lives today. You know, there's a passage in Jeremiah chapter 29 that is often used completely out of context. But here's the thing. People think, oh, well, we got to use this verse out of context because then it's really encouraging. I got to tell you what, if you put that verse in its actual context, it might have a slightly different meaning than the way that people often use it, but it's actually much more encouraging. And that verse is, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to give you a future and a hope, not of destruction, but, but to give you a future and hope. If you put that in its actual context, rather than just using it to, to say that God has good things planned for your future, it's actually more encouraging. And I'm going to show you that this Sunday at our church. So join us online, whitefieldschurch.com, on YouTube, on Facebook, and in person. I uh, would love to share that with you this Sunday. Thriving in Exile is our message. Uh, also, we just want to remind you that we've got about two weeks until Easter Sunday. Two weeks from today is Good Friday, and then two days after that is Easter Sunday. So we want to encourage you and invite you. If you're looking for a place to worship on Good Friday. We're going to be having two Good Friday services here in Longmont at our church, and those will be at 5 p.m. and 7 or 6.30 p.m. So 5 and 6.30 here at Whitefields on Good Friday. And then Easter Sunday, we're going to be having four services. We're going to be doing a sunrise service at 6.30, uh, for, then a service at 8, then 9.30 and 11. So 6.30 sunrise service, then 8, 
9.30 and 11. We'd love for you to come out, invite everybody, and bring somebody. And we'd love to have you come out and worship and celebrate the resurrection with us. Um, we're super excited about it. That's this coming, uh, see, April 3rd, I believe. Is it April 3rd? Is that Easter? Or am I missing it by one day? I'm going to check real quick. Here's my calendar. Okay, it is April 4th. April 4th is Easter this year. And can't wait to uh, celebrate with you guys the resurrection of Jesus and the hope that we have because of it. Let me give you those phone numbers again, and then I'll tell you a few words about Tom Stipe. So the number to call with your Bible questions, with your prayer requests, is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. That's 720-336-0897. So um, what I was going to tell you about Tom Stipe, Tom was, was my pastor. You know, I've been pastoring now for, oh gosh, I guess I became a pastor in 2005. So I've been a pastor now for a lot of a lot of years, I guess 16 years, is that right? Um, but uh, Tom was the one who, he was a pastor in Wheat Ridge, Colorado at the Crossroads Church of Denver. Before that, it was called the Denver Vineyard. And before that, it was called Calvary Chapel, Denver. But it was Tom throughout those whole years, starting in 1976, he started a Bible study in his home that grew into uh, one of the you know, first churches in Colorado that had drums in their church. He told me that the news came out and interviewed him because they had drums in their church. And you know, Tom was an innovator. Tom was one of the founders of Maranatha Music, which is really, if you think about contemporary Christian music, you know, Tom is one of those people who was instrumental in what we now know as kind of mainstream contemporary Christian music. It wasn't mainstream at all when he got started with it. But uh, Tom was the pastor, and, and I, when I was 16 years old, I walked in the doors of Crossroads Church of Denver in Wheat Ridge. I lived in Arvada at the time. That's where I grew up. And uh, here's why I went there. I had come to know the Lord through a friend of mine. This friend was a Russian speaker, went to a Russian-speaking church. And so I needed to find a church in English that... Uh, taught the Bible. So I asked my friends at school. Now keep in mind, these friends were not born-again Christians. They weren't even any kind of Christians. They weren't Christians at all. I just asked them, hey, do you guys know, like, where, where should I go to church? Because I, I gave my life to Jesus, and now I don't know where to go to, like, learn the Bible and stuff. And so I, uh, my friends at, at school, they said, well, you should go to this church uh, down the road called Crossroads, because they teach the Bible there. And uh, so I said, okay. So I just went to Crossroads, started attending. And basically whenever the church was open, uh, Sundays, Wednesdays, and any time beyond that, I was there. And I started growing, got real involved really fast. And a couple of years later, I was uh, ordained and sent out. Um, you know, Tom mentored me. Kind of, I, he, There was this class, a few of us in the class, where he kind of trained us to be pastors. And, and then Tom sent me out at 18 years old. Hard to believe that somebody would do something like that with an 18-year-old kid, but he really believed in the work of the Holy Spirit through people. So he sent me out as a missionary at 18 years old, and I went to Hungary. I was there for 10 years. Uh, during my time in Hungary, um, I, I planted two churches, and then I came here back home to Colorado and became the pastor of Whitefields Community Church um, now eight years ago. So that's my story. Today was Tom's memorial. Tom passed away on December 30th. And that was, that was very sad, you know, very sad to see that. But we know that Tom is with the Lord and we're excited for that day when we'll get to embrace him again and, and get, to, get to talk and 
share stories. Tom loved to tell stories about the great things that God had done in his time. So today was Tom's memorial. It was actually held at Harvest Orange County, which is a large church pastored by Pastor Greg Laurie in Orange County, California. And um, they were able to do it. Now, part of the reason they did it there instead of in Colorado was because they were able to live stream it. And since the, of all the social distancing stuff going on right now, a lot of people would have had to watch it digitally anyway. And so they did it there, and I was honored to be a part of that. And so I would encourage you guys, go on YouTube and search up, not right now during the show, but after the show, okay? Go on YouTube and search up Tom Stipe Memorial. It's on Harvest's um, YouTube page. And just watch the whole thing. And you're going to be praising God for all the amazing things that God did through Tom Stipe. And, um, yeah, I'm just so thankful for Tom's role in my life. And he really leaves behind a great legacy in Colorado that will affect not only generations to come, but really, truly all of eternity. So that's my word to you about Tom Stipe, my pastor from Crossroads Church of Denver. Um, God used him to change my life, so thankful for him. But let's go to our next caller, our first caller, Tim in Aurora, Colorado. Hi, Tim. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Nick. I just want to say thank you for taking my call. Um, it's funny that you're even speaking about Tom Stipe because my journey coming to God at this time really was instrumental with, with Tom Stipe. It's kind mm. of kind of weird to hear you say it, but um, really encouraging at the same time. Um, I was going to ask you a question regarding Isaiah 6 about the seraphim. And it says in verse 2, Above it stood seraphim, each one had six wings, with two he covered his face. So I don't know the exact reason why they covered their face other than they were giving reverence to God because his glory is, you know, something that's other that we don't we don't even can't can't explain in human terms. Satan is also an angel. Mm-hmm. Is Satan what has Satan been able to see God in his glory and if either way you want to take that why were the seraphim covering their face? And um, can you could you kind of give me a little more info on that? Yeah, no, I love that passage in Isaiah chapter 6. I've taught it twice in the last year. One of my favorite uh, passages to teach on just because of what it shows us about God's glory. And um, a few things about it, but just to answer your question directly. So why are they covering their faces? You'll notice they're covering their faces and their feet. Um, yes. And so this is clearly an act of reverence. But I also say that there's got to be something about the glory of God that when people see it, their, um, their response tends to be one of, of not just like awe, but really almost like they're terrified by it, right? Like they're, they're so yeah. shaken by it. Like it's not a pleasant experience necessarily, but it's also mm-hmm. an experience that they want more of. So that, that's kind of, I don't know if there's anything that we can really relate to. I, I mean, maybe there are, but we'd really have to think about that, right? Something that's so, so powerful that it's scary, almost terrifying. Like you can't stand to be in its presence because it's going to, you're going to come undone is actually what he says. I, I am, woe is me. I am lost. I am undone. Right. And the, the angels just in there, I think on the one hand it's reverence because, okay. So also in Asian cultures, one thing you should know, and this is, I don't know if this is true of all Asian cultures, but I know it's true of most middle Eastern Asian cultures 
is that um, feet are really considered something that is unclean. And so the, they'll ne you'll never like put the soles of your feet facing a person. So for example, you know, when we were spending a lot of time with people from from Asia, this is just something that they told us and, and something we observed in their culture. You know, a lot of times, it, you know, as Westerners, we might put our feet up on, I don't know, an ottoman, a table, and our soles of our feet will be facing a person. Well, they, they would consider yeah. that in many Eastern cultures is to be very, very rude, you know, because that's considered an unclean part of your body. And so I think that there's some of that here too, this idea of saying, you know, they're expressing their unworthiness. But here's what's so amazing about that is that Paul tells us in Second Corinthians, he says that one day we will see him face to face and we will behold his glory with unveiled faces. So here are oh. these angels and they're veiling their faces. And we, though, one day will behold the Lord with unveiled faces and that which would destroy us in the flesh will not be able to destroy us because we will be we'll have eternal life. We'll have uh, you know, new bodies. Yes. So to your other question, has Satan ever seen God's glory in its fullness? My answer would be to say yes, but here's a good question. Has God, has Satan beheld God's glory and fullness since falling into sin? I'm not sure about that, but I would say that prior to his fall, I would say, yeah. And, and why wouldn't it destroy him in that case? Is because angels are eternal beings. And so the question is, um, could the seraphim look upon the Lord, behold the Lord with unveiled eyes? My guess is that they probably could, but they probably can't stand it on the one hand. And the other part of it is it's a, it's a sign of reverence as well to cover themselves uh, in the presence of this holy God. So it, it took me along the lines of how at the end of the millennial reign, God is just going to wipe him out. It's not even, you can't even consider it a fight. At least this is what I've, I've learned about it. So would he just only have to show him his glory and it'd be over with? Yeah, good question. I'm, I'm not sure. All I know is what it says in the text, which is in Revelation, it says that Satan will be bound. And then Satan will be cast into the lake of fire, at which time he will essentially be annihilated, right? He'll, he'll be destroyed. Awesome. And yet Jesus washed the feet at the Last Supper, and it just shows you the act of humility. It was, it was just a really cool day of learning how it all pointed back to Jesus and how he, how he came to save everybody by his acts of unselfishness. It's really, really cool. And, and hey, let's take that analogy one step further because, I mean, I don't even think this is an analogy, right? This is just, let's, let's understand that picture of Jesus washing feet a little bit mm -hmm. deeper because think about what we've been saying is that if the soles of a person's feet are dealing with the, uh, un, you know, are considered unclean, then think yeah. about the picture there that here's Jesus and what's he doing as a servant, right? He comes as the servant and he comes to remove our uncleanness. What a picture, mm -hmm. right? Is, that just foreshadows what he's done for us on the spiritual level. And that was foreshadowing what he did on the cross right after that. For sure. Awesome. Well, Amen. Thank you tell, for... tell me quickly, how did Tom Stipe 
play a role in your in your life? So when I met my wife in 2012, I was living in Leadville, Colorado, in the mountains, and she lived down here in Denver. And we started dating, and that was the very first church that we went to was Crossroads Church, and that started. And since then, we've been to Calvary Tucson with Robert Furrow, and we've been to Calvary Denver with Pastor Louie, and now we go to C4 with Pastor Matt. We've been to Calvary Aurora. That started the chain reaction of only God leading us you know it's really cool it's really really cool awesome so cool man god bless you thanks for calling in thank you i appreciate it bye-bye hey you're listening to calvary live this is pastor nick katie from whitefields community church in longmont colorado taking your calls and texts live on the air the number to call 303-690-3000 or you can text us 720-336-0897 let's go to our next caller john in denver colorado Hi, John. Welcome to the program. Oh, hey, man. How are you? Doing great. Hey, just a heads up before we get started is that uh, we're going to our break in just a minute, so we'll probably get started with your call. Then I'll have to put you back on hold for two minutes, and then we'll, we'll finish up. But uh, go ahead with your question. That's cool. Uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, so, like, God's glory is mentioned a ton of times, right? And you were just talking about when they saw God's glory, they couldn't, they couldn't stand it, right? With me. Hello. Oh, hey, I can hear you now. Are you there? Yeah, yeah. Okay, go ahead. So, God's glory. What does it look like if they can't if they can't stand to look at it? What does it look like? Yeah, great question. Here, here's an interesting thing: is that in Exodus 34, um, God explains what His glory is. And here, here's what it comes down to. What is the glory of God? What, is, what does that even mean? Well, there's, there's a few ways that we need to understand this. First of all, the glory of God essentially means his beauty, the light, you know, as opposed to darkness. It's light as opposed to darkness. What is that? What is the beauty of God? Now, on the one hand, there's this kind of manifest glory, which is sometimes called the Shekinah glory. That's the manifestation of God's power, beauty, his being, you know, what it is that makes him great. Now that was manifest in the Shekinah, it's called the Shekinah glory, right? It's the tangible presence, the tangible glory of God that shone like a light. It was kind of like a cloud that descended in the Old Testament temple, in the tabernacle. Um, But we're also told, right, that like, for example, that Jesus is the glory of God made manifest, right? He is God. He is the... uh, visible image of the invisible God. Now, the, uh, the other thing I would say about this is, you remember there's this passage in Exodus chapter 30, 34, where it says there that Moses asked God, show me your glory. And God said, well, if I showed you my glory, you wouldn't be able to handle it. Like it would be too much. Like you would, you would die. And he says, well, just give me a glimpse. And God says, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to hide you in the cleft of this rock, in this like crack. And then I'm going to let my glory pass before you. And you're going to see the afterglow of it, right? The tail end of it. And, and that light by itself, that manifest glory was so much that it caused Moses' face to shine. But just remember, there, there's the manifest glory of God, but 
there's also the glory of God, which isn't necessarily manifest in physical form. That just refers to God's beauty, his power, his strength. And here's what's so cool about this, is that if you read there in Exodus 34, he says, okay, I'm going to let my, my glory pass before you. And what is that? Then God declares his name. And his name, he says, is these characteristics, which I'm going to have to tell you after the break. But essentially, my point here is this, that who God is, is his glory. And, and I'll explain what each of those things are, but it's found in Exodus 34, verse 6. God says, this is my glory, who I am in my essence. That is, is my glory. And I'll, I'll explain exactly what that is right after the break. We gotta, I got to put you on hold, and we're going to go to our break for two minutes time here at our mid-show break. Hey, if you are listening and you have a question, maybe a follow-up to this or something else, give us a call. We've got one open line, 303 690 3000 at 303-690-3000. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm with you today, as I am every Friday, taking your calls and texts live on the air, answering your questions about the Bible, praying for your prayer requests. We're going to go back to our caller in just a second. But before we do, I want to just make sure I give you the numbers to call one more time because we have two open lines. The number to call is 303 Six nine zero three thousand. That's three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Or you can text us at seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Once again, the text line seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. And we'll get you on there with your questions about the Bible. We were just talking to someone who had a question about the glory of God. So let's go back to that caller. That was John in Denver, Colorado. Hey, John. Welcome back to the program. Hello. Uh, okay, so yeah, man. So maybe I wasn't being totally clear. Like, so I'm a new believer, and uh, I want to know, like, can God's glory shine on me? And what does that look like? Uh, how do I recognize that in other people? And um, I, ha I have my own personal thoughts, but I want to hear what you have to say. Sure. Can God's glory shine on you? I guess it really brings us to the question, like you asked, of what exactly are we talking about when we say God's glory? As I was saying, is that. There are manifestations of God's glory, like the Shekinah glory, which is an actual like visible thing that people saw. Um, and then there is God's glory in the more abstract sense of it, which God himself says in Exodus 34 is defined by his character. And I'll just explain that to you real quick. It says, the Lord passed before Moses. Remember, Moses had asked, can I see your glory? And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed his name. The Lord, the Lord or actually, you know, the Lord's capitalized was Yahweh, Yahweh, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty. In other words, God's glory is his mercy, his grace, his patience, his abounding steadfast love, his faithfulness, his, his steadfast love for thousands, his forgiveness, and his justice. These are uh, God's glory. So can that glory shine on you? Absolutely. How do you experience it? By 
truly coming into relationship with him and experiencing these things personally. And so, like, what does that look like physically? You said it can manifest physically. What does that look like physically? Or do you believe that that manifestation doesn't exist anymore? Well, I, I think that would be a little bit silly to say that I don't believe that it exists anymore. Now, clearly it does, but it also is not something that, like, we can uh, choose to say, like, I'm going to, to dictate when and where it shows up, right? So, for example, it showed up on Jesus at the transfiguration. But prior to that, we don't see any manifestation of the glory of God in that physical form, on, except back in the day like when the, the glory fell upon the temple. So that is um, to say that, you know, we're talking like very, very big amount of time between those two instances. So I don't think this is something that happens on a regular basis or every day. I think it's definitely something that happens when God wants it to for a specific purpose. But what okay, does it look I, like? I, I mean, clearly it's light and clearly it's like a cloud. Okay. I thought that it said that the glory of God could rise up from within you. Mm -hmm. Again, we're, we have to determine what we're talking about when we uh, talk about the glory of God. Are we talking about the physical manifestation of the glory of God? Or are we talking about, as God says in Exodus 34, that his glory is these things that are who he is? Grace, mercy, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, forgiving iniquity, transgression and sin, and justice. So in that way, can you experience God's glory in you? Yeah. Can you experience light illuminating darkness in the abstract sense in which it is used at many times in the Bible, right? Like he has... He has liberated you from the kingdom of darkness and brought you into the light of his glory. Yeah. So understand that the word glory is used in both a physical sense, but that is definitely the minority of times. In most cases in which it's used in the Bible, it is used in this abstract sense. Interesting. So thanks for your question, John. And um, I, I do believe that, you know, God can do whatever he wants and he can cause his glory to shine in physical light if he wants to. And if he wants to do that, I think we should be open to it. So thanks for your call. Really appreciate the discussion about God's glory. Yeah, man. All right. No bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. The number to call, 303-690-3000, or you can text us at 720-336-0897. We've got two open lines. Once again, the call in line, 303-690-3000, or text us, 720-336-0897. Let's go to Samuel in Westminster, Colorado. Hi, Samuel. Welcome to the program. Well, thank you very much, and God bless. I hope you're having a great day. You too. What's up? Okay. Um, I have some friends that, you know, especially during the election time that said that, uh, they weren't going by what the media said, but what they believed what the prophet said. And, you know, I know that some of the people that they're calling prophets aren't. And one that I'll mention, because I have, you know, definite proof of that is, uh, Kat Kerr, which I've heard that name mentioned on your program before. And, uh, my son and I went and saw her one time, and I'll, I'll try to make this brief, but anyway, we went and saw her one time up in Golden, and 
I don't know if you're familiar with her or not, but she's visited God in heaven and yada, yada, yada. And anyway, we went up and saw her, and it was interesting. I mean, it was it was entertaining is what it was more than anything else. And, uh, you know, we were invited to go see her when she came back in 2016. It's, that's how long it's been since I've seen it. But anyway, she came, and she was going on about how all of a sudden she just, like, got the shakes and all that. And she goes, oh, my goodness. She goes, Jesus just entered the room. Jesus is standing right behind me. I went, oh, my God. And I had people that followed her, and I showed her, because obviously it's on YouTube, and I showed her that, showed them, had them watch the first part. That's how she starts her thing out there. And I said, now then, either she's, she's a false prophetess or the Bible's a liar. Who are you going to believe, this woman or the Bible? Because Jesus is not, when Jesus comes back, he's not going to just show up behind her as, as a special uh, guest appearance. You know, Revelation's pretty clear about what happens when he comes back, you know, when, he's, when he comes back to earth. But anyway, um, that was an easy one. And also, I even told him, I said, well, if they've made any prophecies and they didn't come true, then they're not prophets. And I had one couple, I love them dearly, extremely great prayer warrior. And they told me, yeah, but they're right so often. We know they're prophets. I'm going, you might want to read your Bible in Deuteronomy. It says flat out, if, if they say if they prophesy in God's name and it doesn't happen, they're not real. But anyway, what I would really like to know, though, is there other resources that I could reach out to? I mean, I know I know the Bible fairly well. But by the same token, some people are just so um, enamored, I guess you'd call it, by these false prophets that they're willing to compromise the scripture to hold these people in high esteem. Yeah. And I don't really know, and I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm being honest, I really don't quite know what to do if I can't lead them away from these people with scriptures i mean maybe yeah. i'm missing something yeah so i mean it's more than once in the bible but you're right deuteronomy is one of the places where deuteronomy 18 verse 22 says that when a prophet speaks in the name of the lord if the things does, the thing does not happen or come to pass that is the thing which the lord has not spoken and therefore the prophet who's spoken of it um has spoken presumptuously and you should not regard them as a prophet and so, you know, I think that in these cases, this is this is just really sad to me. You know, it talks about how in the end times, in the New Testament, it talks about how in the end times, people will come around, false teachers, who will say things to tickle people's ears. To me, this is a, a perfect example of that. I think it's totally, uh, first of all, it's un, there's no way to prove whether or not she's been to heaven. I'm not here to say that I'm going to stand in judgment over her and say, like, she hasn't. But I just would wonder, what's the point? Like, what would be the point of this, like, spiritual tourism, right? Where she, like, pops in, says hi, and then comes back just to tell us that heaven's real? I mean, don't we have the scriptures to tell us that heaven's real? I don't need this woman to tell me, or, or any person to tell me that heaven's real. I have the scriptures to tell me that. I have Jesus who told me that. I, I think that's enough. But the other the other part is this, these things, in my opinion, they, they don't, who, who gets the glory in these situations? Who gets the attention? It's this this person, whoever they are, right? Whoever this person is putting themselves forward as, as 
this person, you know, who has this special knowledge that nobody else has. That's kind of a form of like Gnosticism, right? Like I'm the person with the special insight and therefore you need to listen to me. Well, here's the thing. Uh, there were there were false prophets in the Old Testament time. There were also uh, false prophets in the New Testament time. And we should know that there are false prophets even today. But here's the thing that we, we have to hold in balance. And that is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19. It says this, Do not quench the spirit and do not despise prophecy, but test everything and hold fast to that which is good. So we are not supposed to quench the spirit by basically saying that we, we don't believe that the spirit moves or speaks today through people through the gift of prophecy. He says, don't despise prophecy. In other words, just because some people do it wrong or some people, yeah, do it, I guess, incorrectly or, or for their own benefit or whatever, that doesn't mean that we should say there's no such thing as prophecy today. Rather, we should test everything and hold fast to that which is good. Well, how do we test things? We need a standard, don't we? The good news is God has given us a great standard. In fact, the word canon, right? We use the word canon of scripture. The word canon literally means standard. And so the idea here is this, that God has given us his standard in his word of not only that, but you know what Peter says? He says that God has given us everything we need for life and godliness, which means that I don't need to go listen to some, uh, you know, fantastic story that may or may not be true from some person. I have everything I need for life and godliness in the scriptures. And I would really just encourage people like, like, what is it exactly that you're looking for? Is it, and is it a form of entertainment? I mean, what is it that you're looking for? If this person is not pointing you back to the scriptures, I think that's just, uh, that should be a huge red flag and a warning. The other thing is like even her saying that Jesus just walked into the room. I mean, Jesus said, I will be with you always, right? Until the end of the age. It's not like Jesus is, you know, sometimes he's in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and then he pops into Golden, Colorado just to say hi at a meeting. That's not how it works. Right, the Spirit of God. Jesus said, it's going to be better for me if I leave physically, because if I leave physically, then I will send the Spirit, the Helper, who will come, and He will be with you everywhere. And so this is in John chapter 14. Anyway, point being that um, this seems, on the one hand, uh, completely unnecessary, and on the other hand, a little bit dangerous, you know, somebody going around claiming things and claiming to, to do things. I would just point them to these verses. There are there are quite a few of them that talked about how um, there were, you know, false prophets. Um, even Paul says this, you know, in Acts 20, he warns the church in, in Ephesus when he leaves them. He says, hey, look, there are going to come in false prophets among you. Just be on the lookout for them. Well, how do we know what's false, what's true? Well, we have the word of God, you know, graciously given to us by the Lord in which he, he tells us everything we need for life and godliness. There's no need to be going around looking for these extra things. Um, sometimes, you know, the gift of prophecy, when it works, if you look at it in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, what does Paul say there? He says that those who prophesy, it says they speak to other people for their upbuilding, encouragement, and consolation. And I think that's, that's you know, another test of what, what is New Testament prophecy. It's speaking to people a word from God that builds them up, encourages them, and consoles them. Definitely not something that causes us to be in awe of an individual person standing on a stage. So um, I'm, I'm not familiar with this person uh, that you mentioned specifically. However, I did get a note here that 
if this person has been mentioned on our show, it was not in a favorable light or in a positive way by our host. Oh, no, no, I no, it wasn't. Um, but the uh, <clears throat> forget who the host was, but they weren't sure who this person was. Mm-hmm. And it, I just found it ironic that the person that called in his girlfriend or wife is enamored with Cat Kurt. And gotcha. I'd already, you know, my, my son and I, like I said, we went up and when she, when she said that, the only reason we didn't leave right then and there was because we were guests of other people, you know, special guests of other people to be there. I see. And we didn't want to offend them. But my son and I both talked about it on the way home and we both understand that, you know what, Christ lives in all of us. He doesn't, he's not, he's not going to just pop in and out of places. He won't do that. You know, like you said, the Holy, he gave us the Holy Spirit, which is the spirit of Christ in us. But um, anyway, no, no, I, no, I know you guys would never, I've been listening to you guys for a long time and uh, no, as a matter of fact, and you know, I'll make this brief, it's kind of, and I'm not boasting, but um, when you guys were out at uh, Rock the Range, I'd never even heard of you. You were a new station then, and you were doing interviews. And I remember a friend of mine and I, we were. you asked if we would uh, be interviewed by you. We were counselors. Mm-hmm. And I remember that we both had our doubts about allowing you to interview us because we'd never heard of you before. <laughs> and now I listen to you all the time. But, yeah, I just thought that was kind of ironic to how everything comes full circle. But, um, there you go. Yeah, and I understand that. Today's prophets, like you said, there's times that God gives them a word for someone, and they're not prophes- They're not saying the future or anything, but a lot of people don't un- don't understand that being a prophet doesn't necessarily mean that you foretell the future. Mm-hmm. You know, right. It's instead we say from- we're foretelling the word of God as opposed to necessarily foretelling the future. And, you know, there's a lot of people who got in trouble with this. And, and I think rightly so. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not, I, I think maybe it's good. They need to get caught in this thing that they're doing, you know, and claiming to speak on behalf of the Lord when they're not actually and using it for self-aggrandizing purposes. But a lot of people who are in this camp, you know, they got busted in a way when um, they started making predictions about this recent election. So, like I said, I think that's probably for their benefit even that they, they get exposed because it gives them a chance to repent of, of claiming to speak in the, in the Lord's name when they haven't actually heard from the Lord. But I'm going to let you go because we got other calls and texts to get to. Thank you for the call, and God bless you. All right, bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here today with you taking your calls and texts live on the air. We have all open lines right now and about 12 minutes left, which means about enough time for two calls or so and some text messages. So give me a call at 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720-336-0897. That's 720-336-0897. We got a text message that came in, and it says, could you please repeat your Good Friday service times? Absolutely. Uh, here at Whitefields Church in Longmont, Colorado, we are having two Good Friday services on April 2nd, which is Good Friday, and they are at 5 o'clock and 6.30 p.m. 5 o'clock and 6.30 p.m.
p.m. You know, what's interesting is that um, this show ends at 5 o'clock, and that's right when we'll be starting our Good Friday service on April 2nd. So I'll literally be walking out of this uh, out of this radio show and right onto uh, the sanctuary, and um, and I will be going right, right up on there and starting the Good Friday service. So hopefully you can join us for that on April 2nd at either 5 o'clock or 6.30 p.m., and then, of course, we have Easter services. We have four Easter services. 6.30 a.m. is our sunrise service. Then 8 o'clock, 9.30, and 11 o'clock on Easter Sunday, April 4th. We'd love to have you come with us. We're kicking off a series that weekend in which we are going to be looking at, first we'll do the resurrection of Jesus on April 4th, Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. And then for five Sundays after that, we're going to be doing something that historically has been done in Christian churches called Eastertide, which is in the five weeks following Jesus' uh, resurrection, we look at the post-resurrection appearances of Jesus and, and study those. And that's going to be fascinating, especially through the lens of looking at how the Bible talks about how to be a Christian is to know the power of his resurrection personally and individually and to live in that power. Can't wait for that and uh, looking just exclusively at the post-resurrection appearances of Jesus and what they tell us about what it means for us to live the risen life. And then we'll come Pentecost, and just following that calendar of events, right, Pentecost, and then we'll do a series starting at that time called The Spirit-Filled Life, about what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit and the person and work of the Holy Spirit in the world today. So lots of good stuff coming up at Whitefields. Check us out. Uh, in person and online, you can find directions and everything else you need on our website, whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. We got another text message came in, and it says, I am an older Christian in poor health who is being tormented by the thoughts and strong feelings that I did not do enough for the Lord in my lifetime. How do I overcome this? Great question, and there's, a, there's an even better answer. And here's the, uh, here's the th- the answer to your question that I think that this idea of feeling that you needed to do more, that you, that you came up short on the one hand, on the one hand, I think we have to admit that, that it's true, right? All of us have fallen short of God's glory. We have fallen short in what we could have done, right? There's always more good that we could have done that there are always uh, ways in which we've fallen short and not done enough. But here's the thing, the word devil in, in the, the Greek means adversary. But did you know that the word Satan in Hebrew means accuser? And Satan is the one who accuses you, right? Like, like think about if you're in court, there's someone who points the finger at you and says, here's what they've done wrong. Here's what they've done wrong. They didn't do enough, you know? That's what Satan does. He's the accuser of the brethren, the word says. But you know what it says about Jesus? That he is our advocate before the Father. That's also a, a courtroom term. So you've got the accuser, the one who brings the charge against you. And you know what? The charge is right. We haven't done enough, but you know what else? We have, it says, we have an advocate before the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He advocates for us. He ever stands to make intercession before the Father on our behalf. And here's the good news, that though neither you nor I have done enough, Jesus did enough. He did more than enough. He said, it is finished. It's done. That's it. And so uh, what that means is that we are not going to be, when we stand before God, 
He is not going to ask us, did you do enough for the Lord in your lifetime? You know what he's going to say? Welcome into my presence, my beloved child in whom I am well pleased. That's what he's going to say, because you are in Christ. When he looks at you, he doesn't see your inadequacies. Your inadequacies have been paid for by Jesus. Instead, when he looks at you, he sees you in the beloved, in his beloved son. And when he looks at you, he says about you, if you are in Christ, what he says about his son, which is, this is my beloved child in whom I am well pleased. I really want you to understand that those thoughts of condemnation that make you feel inadequate, they're from the devil. And there's a great saying out there. D.L. Moody said, you know, sometimes people tell me about all the things I, uh, about all the, or sometimes the devil tells me how bad I am. But the fact is that I know that I'm even worse than he says I am. But here's the good news of the gospel. So basically it comes down to this that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and yet we are so loved by God. We are more loved by God than we could ever dream possible or dare to dream true. And I would just want you to know that, that though we are inadequate in of ourselves, he is our adequacy, and we rest in him. We glory in Christ Jesus, not in the works of our flesh, that even the things that we did for God. Paul talks about that, by the way, in Philippians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. I'd encourage you to check it out. Okay, let's go to our next text message. We've got about five minutes. Let me give you the call-in number. We might be able to get one more call-in before the end of the show. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. 303-690-3000. Let's go over to our text line. And uh, here's what it said. Um, oh, we have someone who just quoted a Bible verse in a, in a text message. That's cool. Thank you for that. And someone asks uh, prayers for my sister. He's having problems with her son. He's into drugs. Last night got into trouble with the law and he's in jail. Let's pray for her. Heavenly Father, we lift up to you this person's sister who's having problems with her son. Lord, we pray that you would be with her, strengthen her. Lord, help him that he would truly be set free. Lord, help him to reach that place where he turns to you and surrenders his life. Everything he is, over to you. Lord, we pray that you'd set him free from drugs. Lord, use this time, this trouble with the law, this being in jail. Use it for his good, Lord, we ask. Bring him to a place of repentance and turning to you, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, we had a uh, interesting question also sent in. Someone asked regarding Isaiah 66, verse 17, I believe it is, or maybe it's 64. 5 verse 17 and it says yeah here's what it says the new heavens and the new earth behold i create a new heavens and a new earth the former things shall not be remembered or come to mind and the question here is this uh is this saying that in heaven we will have no memories of uh this life and uh there's a really great book about heaven that i would re re uh, refer to you and recommend to all of our listeners it's called Heaven, clever title, I know, by uh, Randy Alcorn. And Randy has, uh, it's kind of the, the master work on the subject. You know, he's done a really good job looking into all the different aspects of heaven. And so he has uh, a take on this where he says that um, this does not mean that we will not have memories from this life, but it does mean that God will remember our sins no more. Does God forget things? How could God ever forget something? Well, what it means is that he doesn't recall them to his memory. He will, he will choose not to call to mind or hold against us 
our past sins. So even in the new heavens and the new earth, we're told in Revelation, for example, there are memorials to the 12 tribes. Jesus' nail-scarred hands and feet are present on his eternal resurrection body. And so the idea that is that we will actually have memories of this life in eternity. And for example, the believer's crowns that they are given um, in Revelation as rewards for, for their faithfulness to God, as rewards for their acts of service to others by God. Um, he will crown them with different things. Those are indeed, aren't they, reminders of what was done on earth with our time here. And so I would say that while God will wipe away the tears and sorrow attached to this world, the, the drama of God's work in human history will not be erased from our minds. Uh, here's how Randy Alcorn puts it. Heaven's happiness will not be dependent on ignorance of what really happened on earth. Rather, it will be greatly enhanced by our informed appreciation of God's glorious grace and justice in what really happened on earth. So again, uh, I would recommend to you the book Heaven by Randy Alcorn, but great question. And uh, I would just, I, I love getting your questions here on the air, all of you who call and text in. And here's why, because it shows me that you guys are digging into the word of God. And I tell you what, when you start digging into it, I tend to find that I end up with, with more questions, more, more things that lead me here and there. And what a glorious thing it is to be occupied in our minds with the life-giving word of God. And so may God use his word in your life uh, this weekend. We'd love to have you at our church, whitefieldschurch.com. Check us out online or join us in person on Sunday morning, whitefieldschurch.com. My name is Nick Cady, and I will be with you again next Friday. God bless you. Have a safe drive and a good weekend. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.